out there. Um, we are doing a podcast sans Corey again. He never seems to be in town ever, or maybe just doesn't want to do his podcast anymore. I don't know. But um, we'll use this catchphrase nonetheless. Uh, this is the American Alice podcast where we talk about soccer and scoring goals. And uh, it's not just going to be me on this podcast. We have the one and only Donald Wine with us. He's going to help us talk about uh, the Term of Nations where we just lifted a trophy Again, that's uh, two trophies already this year, I believe, with uh, She Believes like in Terminations. <laughs> and Donald was there in uh, Chicago where they saw them uh, lift the trophy. How was that? It was awesome. Uh, you know, it, it was a game that started out slow, and I think the, the team was kind of pressing a little bit and really couldn't get it slow. Um, Brazil scored first, and it was on an own goal. It was one of those freak game, you know, freak things that, uh, you know, you try to clear it out and, and it just goes off your leg the wrong way. And, and if it was on offense, it would have been a great shot for a goal, but instead it was an own goal. Um, apparently own goal has decided that uh, it does not want to rest on its world after uh, leading the world cup and decided <laughs> to uh, enter the tournament of nations. So I, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, yeah. I, I think it, they kind of slowed down uh, and, and kind of got within themselves. Roosevelt got him on the board, oh. a great goal by her uh, to, to even things out. And then I think really when Julie Ert scored, that's when the, the rush was on. They, they kind of had the weight lift off their shoulders and they played. They, it's really all they needed to do was just play their game. Um, and I think those two goals got them back on track and allowed, you know, you know, some people to do their thing. Tobin Heath's goal. I don't know if you saw it. It was, it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, from the vantage point where we were, we were right behind that goal. And I mean, literally could reach out and touch the net and we couldn't see that ball until it was in the back of the net. <laughs> it was an incredible shot by her. Um, unbelievable. And, and Alice Morgan in the end to finish things off, off a mega Rapino cross. That is exactly what you want. Uh, you want your stars shining when, the, when the spotlight, uh, is on them. So, uh, Great win by the ladies, uh, you know, four, two over Japan. Uh, I think you saw that game in, in Kansas city. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, ga- then, that game was bonkers, man. That game was yeah, absolutely bonkers in the stands. That was one of the most fun women's games I've been to in a long time. And, uh, the Kansas city crowd, um, you know, we had the whole cauldron area, that members area behind the goal, like going crazy the whole game. And I hope, I hope the players, uh, you know, like that. And, uh, uh, thought that was awesome because it was fantastic to be in that crowd. And so, yeah, that was a great game. And, man. Yeah. It, you know, I think the one thing that was really cool uh, that they did was, you know, after the game was over in Chicago, you know, final scores 4-1. They've won tournament of nations. The trophy presentation was literally right behind the AO section. Yeah, so all saw that. our fans had to do was just turn around, and the, the players are right there. It was a really cool experience. Um, literally standing about 20 feet away from them, not even 20 feet from the stage, um, watching them get their trophy. They were obviously very excited. A lot of them stuck around, you know, took pictures, you know, was in the crowd, high-fiving fans uh, all over the place. It was exactly what you want to see. They, they had fun out there. They won a trophy. And while people may think this is not a big deal because it's not work qualifying, they played the sixth, seventh and eighth best teams in the world and, and went undefeated. That's what you want to see. 
because that sort of preparation is going to help when World Cup qualifying starts. Yeah, I agree. I've been calling it some made-up tournament, and I mean it is, but it's the trophy's made up, all this stuff's made up, but yeah, the games matter. The fact that we played this well against some of the best teams in the world leading up to qualifying, it matters. Even if it is like a made-up tournament with a trophy, uh, whatever, uh, that doesn't matter. They're just amazing friendlies, friendlies in like a, a playing against the best competition instead of playing like Chile twice or whatever. Um, this is it. And I think this is the best warm-up they can possibly get going into qualifying. And they looked good. I don't think we talked enough about the goals in that last game. That Rose goal, that is so hard to do. Like, that was, yeah, like, was coming great. in fast, like, waist high, and she just nails that side netting, like, made it look so easy, but anyone that plays the game knows that's so hard. And, like, the both Tobin goals, and I'm going to call them both Tobin goals because the, even the Ertz goal is, like, that's all Tobin, <laughs> you know? She, like, beat the people on the on the line and then amazing just precise, like, little lob over the goalie. Uh, where, yeah, the Ertz needs credit making that run and really being able to finish that. But, man, and then other Tobin's other goal. Oh, I think those are solid goals. Absolutely incredible. I, I watched that highlight like I watched that highlight like four or five times before I could believe that she actually did what she did. But it was, and then she had that one. I mean, Tobin was terrific throughout all of tournament initiatives. She had that one uh, very, very quick uh, nutmeg um, against Australia. And it was one where in real time you were kind of like, did, what did she do? Like, that was kind of a weird move, but it worked. And then on replay, you realize, you know, she just casually nutmegged uh, a, a, <laughs> a defender for Australia. Like, it was nothing. And just kept about her business. Like, that is ridiculous. But going back to the, the fake tournament or whatever, <laughs> if, if, you, if people want to call it a fake tournament, they can go ahead and do that. But we've had two tournaments this year. We've had Tournament of Nations and Sheed Leaves. And in those two tournaments, we played the number two, number three, number four, number six, number seven, and number eight teams in the world, and we did not lose. No, so, no. Hey, that doesn't take that, away that, from it being a made-up tournament. I mean, look, <laughs> I, I, you can call it as one, but we got two trophies in soccer. Oh, yeah, for that sure. other teams don't have, and they were playing for it. So that that's is, what you want. You want, those, you want those girls to get used to playing in that kind of – environment against the toughest team that is a good point and there's a great gif online of just like we have too many trophies and there's people there's like this little girl like trying to hold all our trophies and that is like literally uh the women's <laughs> trophy case right now and it's great to right. see and they look uh so good like tobin and her on like on the ball are absolutely amazing our back line is is great um yeah alex it, morgan we haven't really discussed her she had four goals in this tournament and Looked great in all in oh. all four of them. She she I knows how to finish. She oh, she knows when to make runs and knows how to finish. You might not say she yep. could be the best player on the ball. Like Tobin is probably that, or Sauerbrunn in the back, or whatever. But oh my God, she knows where to be and how to finish the ball. It's incredible to see. Um, man, I just the way we're playing right now. Like I don't. Wanna, I mean, we look good. Like the only other teams that in the world that look. Like, they could even, like, compete with us or Australia and France, I think. I don't know who else is out there that can really compete. I think they're the two teams that get, has give, have given us the most trouble. Yeah. Um, and the last loss we've had was in last year's Tournament of Nations against Australia. Um, since then, we have gone undefeated. So, you you have to – I you know, honestly, I, I thought Australia played tremendous during this tournament. They also went undefeated. They lost basically in goal differential. But 
and, and played us to a draw. But I think, you know, when you're looking at next year's Women's World Cup, France is, you got to consider us a favorite, you got to consider France a favorite, and you got to consider Australia right up there with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of other countries out there getting a lot better and getting close to us. But, I mean, we are uh, – the U.S. Has, is so deep, though. Like, they have players coming off the bench that should be starting <laughs> anywhere else yeah. in the world. It's, it's, uh, well, it's, a, it's amazing. It feels good to have a team that's just this good and watching them play and always feeling like even if we're down a goal or down two, it's like, man, that's nothing. We will be just fine. I was never scared that yeah. they weren't going to score goals that game. Look, Carly Lloyd is, like, what she's the best women's player of the year, like what once or twice. Yeah. And she comes off the bench. Okay. Like Carly Lloyd, the, the hero of the 2015 tournament has scored a, a bushel of goals <laughs> is coming off bushel? the bench for this team. That's how deep this team is. <laughs> yeah. What's a bushel, Donald? You know, a bushel where you put apples in oh. like a, a big basket. <laughs> I was talking about how many, how many is that? I don't know a lot. <laughs> I mean, you never you just weighed bushels. You didn't count how many apples you oh, had. That's a good point. Once you just weighed it. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think going into qualifying, I don't know that you're going to be at. How excited are you? Is there anything that's going to stop us from qualifying for the World Cup? I think honestly, if as long as we we have all the ladies in place, there's no injuries. We play to our the best of our ability. There's no way we don't qualify for this World Cup. Now, I say that with a caveat that there is always a possibility that, you know, things could happen. But, you know, my hope is that we have a, a healthy squad, a squad that is, you know, clicking in all cylinders, that is playing well together and is mentally and physically prepared to take everyone's best shot because that's what they're going to get. And I think if we have that team in October in Kerry and in Frisco, We'll, we'll see a team qualify for the World Cup, and, and we're you know I'm looking forward to going down to Kerry again um, and, and seeing our women uh, take on whoever they play because the draw I think is coming up sometime this month. Um, so if, if that is you know once we figure out who those teams are, then those teams better get ready because our team's going to be ready. Yeah, I like I like hearing our players not look past qualifying. Right. Every interview it is, it's like, yeah. you know, yeah, we're just we're getting ready for qualifying. Like we're we're here. Um, you know, I don't whoever we're going to play in qualifying, we're going to be ready for. They're not talking about the World Cup yet. They're not talking about any of that, even though we are as fans already talking about the World Cup. And, you know, going to be launching a travel package here pretty soon. And like already thinking what we're doing in France and like the knockout stages. I don't know. Hopefully it's not <laughs> not a bad thing. But none of the players are. They're just thinking about qualifying, which is really cool and refreshing. Actually, because they know the they're good. Thing is they're not even, some of them aren't even, even going that far. They're talking about, hey, we need to, here's what we need to improve before we play Chile. Like, that, that is the, that's the mentality you want to get into, is thinking about the next game, the next play, and not necessarily looking all the way down the road as to what, you know, this means. Because what this means is that we were the best on this day, and tomorrow we have to be better than we were today because someone else, some of these other teams are improving, as you said. They're improving, and their goal, they are looking at one game. They're hoping that they get to playoffs and be the giant killers. We have to wake up every day looking to improve and, and stave off all of these challenges because, again, everyone's going to give us their best shot. 
So what? I mean, what? What do they have to improve on? I mean, what do they? What do they need to do to improve to be the you know, best I team in the world? I, I think honestly, their their defense and you know their finishing. There's times against Australia where they did, had very you know. They had Courtney Dawn, she she had to finish that. Yeah, you know, Rapino had a couple of chances. Yeah. She joked about one after that game. Um, that she had a lot of great chances, in, and we're we're finding those open spaces. If we finish, you know, half of those, we beat our we beat Australia by ten. Um, and I think in the end, you know, our defense is always going to be the if, the if point. You know, especially our outside backs. Can we withstand? the pressure can we uh, you know some of these teams have great players individual players that can make individual plays can we stop that attack can we stop their momentum and get everything going uh, the other way because if we get everybody going forward um that's when we can have issues on a counterattack. are our guys ready to, are our ladies uh, excuse me are our ladies ready to deal with that and i think that is usually the biggest question about our team um, and I think that's still true today, but I think injuries um, are the real reason that we have this question. If we have a healthy back line, um, you know, Kelly O'Hara has not played yet. So if, if she's back in the mix, you know, that just only adds to our depth. And I think that will help clear up some of these issues. Oh God. So do we play any of these people um, against Chile in LA and San Jose? If it's all about injuries, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, for I, I guess for the sake of every all of our fans out there in L.A. and, and San Jose, uh, in the Bay Area, I hope that they get to see some of our players. But uh, I would not be surprised, and honestly, will not be upset if uh, Jill Ellis has them all wrapped up in bubble wrap. Yeah, Tobin just got back from injury, and like now she's looking amazing. Like, what if we lose her again? Mm-hmm. That'd be oh, devastating because she is so good on the ball. She goes after everyone, and she's just a menace out there. Anytime she gets the ball on the outside, it's like a 50-50 chance it's a goal. There is probably no better player in the world with the ball at her feet than Tobin Heath. Yeah, 100%. I don't think anybody's better. And, And I damn near dare say that there's a lot of men out there who can't do what Tobin Heath do that make a lot of money playing soccer. Uh, and I think that like, that is one of those X factors that when you see number 17 with the ball on her feet, everyone just looks out because you're either going, you're either going to get embarrassed. You're going to become a YouTube, YouTube <laughs> tape, or at the very least, you know, watch Tobin. He's kicked the ball into your net. Like it's, there's, there's a lot of positives with her on the field. Here's an interesting question. I, I think a uh, shout out to Total Soccer Show. Someone has talked to me about this. About they had a question on their show about uh, if if the U.S. Women's National Team could get one men's player to be on their squad, who would it be, and why? So the question you're saying if the women's team got one men's player, yeah, to help who them, would get, who would that men's player be? Yeah. Wow, that's a great question. I know. Uh, I know their answer, because which is super. It's one of those things where you're like, you're thinking about it, you're like, no disrespect, but like, I, I'm not quite sure. I, I think, honestly, we just talked about the defense, so I think I would go with who I think our best defender is, and that's John, a healthy John Brooks. Huh. I think that would probably be the only, only one I consider, because at the same time, 
you're probably thinking, you know, Tim Weir or, or Chris. Yeah, everyone go to pool sick right away, right? Right, but I, you know what? I think we have enough players, creative players in the midfield that we would need a yep. Pulisic. Um, I think honestly, it'd be depth on the on the back line, and who better than John Brooks? Yeah, so I I really like that answer. That's great. Most people would go to the Pulisic uh, answer for sure. So their answer was super intriguing to me is Weston McKinney because like if they need like that sort of uh, you know defensive uh, mid. Yeah, I like that answer. I, that's not a bad answer, you know. Um, West McKinney has that bull-like mentality when it comes to, you know, setting up an offense and also really commanding a defense. I, I like that kind of aggressive play that he has. And, and really, he plays with no fear. That's what, our, that's what I love about our women is that they play with no fear. They, yeah. you know, again, take everyone's best shot, but they're not like, hey, what happens if we mess up? What happens if we have an own goal? What happens if we let in a goal? It, they are always thinking – with with a killer like at like mentality of let's go out and let's beat our opponents into the ground, and I like that kind of play. And honestly, I, I wouldn't be mad at having a West McKinney on there because he kind of fits that style. I mean, do you think our women's team right now is the best we've ever had? Ooh, you're asking me to choose between children. <laughs> um, Hey, I mean, it's an honest them. question. I, I'm just... It's, it's, it's an honest question. I don't, I don't know if this is the best team ever. I'm still going to go with 99. That's, you know, that's kind of a soft spot for me. Huh. Um, but here's the thing. For this team to challenge the 99 team or the, or the 2015 team, there's all, we already know what they need to do first before they can start those comparisons is they're going to have to win to get. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think if you, let, let's say, let's, let's go in a hypothetical, if they do win, um, if they won, then, yeah, I think they could be the best team ever because I think this team has faced more odds than the 99 team has, but they also have the added pressure of winning while also entering the tournament as defending champs. There is something to be said about defending your title, and that is why if they go all the way, and there's obviously a long time between now and that point. Oh, it's coming soon, Donald. has the tools. Huh? It's coming soon, Donald. It's coming soon. Uh, but we still, there's still a lot of road to cover. Um, <laughs> in, in the end, this team has the tools to be considered one of the best ever, but they have to get the job done. Yeah, they're looking good. I mean, I'm already looking to France. I don't know about you. Uh, we are, for everyone out there, um, we are having a travel package to France where all you have to do is show up to France. We will take care of the rest. So if you have any more yeah, incentive. it's going to be fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Uh, we're already planning a ton of it. Big events for the knockout rounds. So we'll have a package both for group stage and knockout rounds. You'll be traveling uh, to each of the different cities uh, during the group stage, depending on which group we're in. Um, some groups are super easy, like you're just being Paris the whole time. Some you have to go back and forth, north and south, and in Nice and whatnot. And uh, it's going to be amazing. Um, our goal is to bring the biggest group of fans ever uh, to an away World Cup, right? I mean, yeah, we've did that in the U.S. and even Canada. We had the biggest crowds uh, ever for a World Cup of traveling fans, but that's Canada. That's not that far. That's an easy drive, but to a place like France. 
I think we can do it. I think we can get a thousand people in the stands and it would be absolutely incredible and in how we can actually push him to the gold, honestly. Yeah. You know what? Like, like you said, 2015 was easy. It was Canada. It's, it's, you know, for some, some of our fans, it was just like, you know, a couple hours drive, but this is the challenge. And you know, we're backed out some challenges, Justin. So uh, <laughs> if you're out there and you are on the fence about going to France, um, just jump off the fence and just come with us to France. It's going to be a fun time. It, it, there's nothing like an AO, AO package, AO trip, um, but one for the World Cup where we can possibly see our team play against the best in the world and represent our country in a foreign land. There's absolutely nothing better than that. So if you're, if you're considering it, when the, when the details come out, just jump right on it because I guarantee you, you are going to want to be one of that number when the Yanks go marching in. How many, what percentage of your friends or best friends have you met at, let's say, a World Cup you went to or an away U.S. game? Because I have a lot. Like, I met in South Africa or Brazil. There are some people whose first matches that we've met uh, along the way, that their first match was an away match. And it was because of that atmosphere. Um, First of all, you have to be some sort of crazy. We all have a little bit of craziness. You have to be some sort of crazy for your first match to be in a way match. Because again, that is a challenge. That is about, you know, booking a flight to a foreign land that you probably have never been to before meeting up with a group of people who not only don't know you, you don't know them, but they know each other. They have their, they have their friendships already, which is why they're on that trip. That is a challenge to try and break into that. And a lot of our, you know, diehard members who, who now go to a lot of matches earn their stripes on the way match. And I think that oh, yeah. there's something really cool about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think it's, uh, all my fa- some of my favorite memories are the ones I go to the away games. I don't know. It's like, I think it means so much more, uh, sometimes to have a big group of people at a away match because, uh, that's what they look for. They're in a foreign land playing. How do we get them the most support we can at those games like in the u.s yeah i mean in the past we struggled to get a good crowd at some of these games but now we're we're doing this like we're filling stadiums for the women's team um we are now becoming more and more the home team even on home games for the men's team other than sometimes the mexico games and it's it's growing here but at the away games like to see a big crowd and hear them while you're playing in that game uh i can only imagine what that seems like we've heard a lot from players and what that means to them but Every one of you, if you want to be a part of like this legendary tournament where we will make the best team of all time when they win it, uh, man, get on board. It's awesome. Yeah, if you're not if, if you're not encouraged now by listening to us, then <laughs> just just come to the next tailgate, find Justin or I, and we will we will talk to her blue in the face. And by the end of it, I guarantee you, you're gonna be like, where do I sign up? because it's going to be a blast. And honestly, there is nothing better than watching Justin have fun in a foreign land. You, <laughs> want to, you, you cannot miss this, guys. You have to come see it for yourself. Get on the package frame. <laughs> but you got, people have decisions to make, though. You got the Gold Cup at the same time. God, what the hell? And you got the Gold Cup in the U.S. Um, the exact same time. The finals the exact same day as the World Cup final. What you going to do? Is you're going to go to the Women's World Cup, Gold Cup, 
because they both matter. Obviously, the Women's World Cup has a little bit more uh, meaning to or, uh, to it. But the Gold Cup, if we win that, uh, we go to the Confederations Cup. Correct? If the Confederations Cup's still around. Who knows with FIFA? If it's still around, that, that would be correct. But can we talk about this for a second? Yeah, yeah. No, CONCACAF. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? No kidding. Like, what, is, what are you trying to do? You try to make us choose? You try to make this make Nick us do this? Because that's not fair. You knew we were going to be all over the Gold Cup. We're going to be all over all over France for the, for the Women's World Cup. Are you going to put the final on the same day? Like, like it's, yeah. not, it's not an appetizer, man. This is a, you got two full-blooded entrees of <laughs> soccer on one day. And that's not counting the Copa America final. That's not counting the Africa Cup of Nations final. All of that is supposed to be on or around the same day. So I, I don't know what people are doing. FIFA, I need you to straighten this out because y'all, y'all messing with our schedules here. We, yes. We're trying to be in 15 places at once. You can't do it. And you won't let us, so fix it. Someone had to have looked at a calendar, right? I mean, they're not, they're not, <laughs> they're not that bad so at their said, job, the right? The calendar was set four years ago. I like, know. It's not. It's not something where they're like, "Hey, guys, last minute change. We're gonna, you know, move the women's World Cup to this date." It was set four years ago. So in Canada, we knew when this final was yeah. gonna be, and still, so why? And all these other places decided. I don't know. I think because they think. That, you know, the, the World Cup, no one likes to schedule around the World Cup. FIFA won't let them. And I think it's a real disservice to, to the women's game yeah. that they're allowing these guys to schedule, at, you know, during the Women's World Cup. Like, why is that it gets pot billing with FIFA like the Men's World Cup does? Yeah. It may, I'm trying to think of the logic here. Like, are they trying to you know, capitalize on, like, uh, all these different fans, like, being fans of the men's team, but, like, hey, let's, you know, let's have the women's games at the same time, and they think they're all going to be fans, and the France can't, the France times are going to be a little bit different, so it's just the big, long soccer days, or or what? I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to figure that out. But if like, they did that on purpose, or... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, I, just, I just don't know if they did it on purpose or not, and if they did it on purpose, what the hell? They have to have some reasons. Well, I... I they... They, they must have the reasons in CONCACAF um, info at the American outlaws.com. If you'd like to explain yourself, <laughs> um, but I think in the end, I, I leave out hope that CONCACAF will come to their senses and move. If you remember th- uh, four, you know, three years ago in 2015, the gold cup basically started two days after the women's world cup final. So, and then we ended up going, you know, playing in that tournament. So yeah. I, I hope, that CONCACAF will come to the senses and allow us to have just a whole summer of soccer instead of cramming all the soccer into 30 days. Yeah, that makes way more sense. You're, you're, I mean, especially if you bank on the women's team, the U.S. women's team winning it, um, there's going to be soccer fever already in this country that's going to like build up to the Gold Cup, and people are just going to get more excited. And why not have more of it? I just don't understand it. Us fans, we can only focus on so much at one time. Ugh. Right. It, and they expect that we're going to be sitting on a you know on beach in Nice, ready for the Women's World Cup game, and at the same time going, hey, we're going to go ahead after this game is done. We're going to you know get up at two in the morning so we can watch you know Haiti versus Cuba in in the, in the Gold Cup because remember the Gold Cup is now expanding to sixteen teams. Oh so yeah. So there's going to be more matches, and maybe that's the cause of this, you know, but I think they can put the 
same tournament in the month of July and be okay. Yeah. Now I get having some overlap. Like you can start start the Gold Cup on July first, have some games that are inter, you know, overlapping. Like you know, Fox can do their double headers. Mm-hmm. Poor Fox, they're probably just going like out of their minds right yeah, now. Yeah, they don't have that many but time slots in a day. Then, yeah, and then here's the thing: you have the group stage, and then damn it, take you know, take the Women's World Cup final day off. Like yeah. that's not that hard to do. Yeah, let that be top billing. Give them the, the day where the world can focus in on two world-class teams going at each other for the right to host a tro- trophy. And then tomorrow you can get back to the Gold Cup. Like it, it's not that hard. No, that could be one glorious day if uh, both U.S. teams win both those uh, trophies on the same day. Not saying it's right. I'm just saying how, uh, how amazing that could be. I don't even know if I would survive. There may not, cause that'd be there inter- may not be enough wine in France <laughs> if we win both of those things on the same day. It just it, it, again, that could be another challenge that would be accepted if, <laughs> if the time comes. Yeah, that would be. Oh my gosh, it would be a super late game though in France, right? The Gold Cup final. You you know what? If we win the Women's World Cup, I'm not going to have any issue with being stay. able to stay up for the Gold Cup final. <laughs> yeah, good point. That would be in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Yeah, it'd be. Uh, yeah, one or two a.m. Something like that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'll still be later. up. I'll still be up. Yeah. Oh my God. Our flight probably will leave from the next morning. Our, that flight will be the, be the quickest flight ever. Oh. Um, because I will see not near a second of it. <laughs> yeah. Good point. I don't know if I could do that. I'd have to have a whole day of recovery before I could even jump on a plane. I think, I think, yeah. I think that's just yeah, bad I news. Do. I don't, I don't, either I don't... way, either way, my, my favorite airplane movie back of my eyelids is going to be playing on loop. Uh, for that entire flight. <laughs> uh, favorite moment uh, in Chicago uh, in the stands uh, for the game? Oh, that's a great question. Um, there was a couple of cool moments. Um, the first one was uh, right as the game started, there were two uh, little girls. I think they were one was probably like eight and the other was probably about six. And they together wanted to do an I Believe chant. So they, they let the, the section in an I Believe chant. I thought that was really, really cool. It shows that there's some young ones out there who, who have the spirit uh, to be outlaws. And, and I think that is absolutely awesome. Um, I know Megan got some great pictures of a couple of kids waving flags in the stands and, and just having a great time. That's what you want to see um, in, our, at our, you know, in our section. And honestly, it's always cool to see your team hoist a trophy, but to have them do it 10 feet away from you is, is nothing short of spectacular. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to shout out our women's team for a winning and B the fact that they were set up to do it right in front of our section, right behind our section. So all we had to do is just turn and look. Um, and the rest of the rest of the stadium was watching on the jumbotron. We didn't have that problem. We were right there. Uh, and that was really, really awesome. Did they, did they acknowledge you guys? Um, in the stands. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do remember, uh, Megan Rapino running into the section, uh, to grab one of the pride flags that one of the no, uh, no fans had. Yeah. So she was, so that flag that was, that she's holding up when she, when they're hoisted trophy and all those pictures, that was from the AO section. She just literally ran and asked if she could grab it. Um, because she wanted to showcase that. And I thought that was awesome. Um, but they were high-fiving fans, signing autographs, taking pictures. Um, it really just, even before when they were lining up to go up to receive their trophy or receive their medals, 
um, they were getting us hype and we were in turn singing right back at them. It was, it was really, really awesome. You ever, you can hate that chant all you want. The I believe chant, but like all these young kids absolutely love it. And that's like their like intro into like starting to chant and being a passionate fan in the section. I see it all the time. And the women's, and there was a lot of them out there. Um, and, and I do love it because those sort of chants, um, the USA one wanted to start a USA clap chant, and yeah, I awesome. thought it was great because we, I was like, okay, we're going to start it slow and we're going to do it so that the whole stadium can hear your chant. And sure enough, by the time it was done, like the chant had spread all the way down the sidelines and all the way to the end zone of the other side, so you could hear people in all around the stadium doing the USA clap chant. And it was a little girl that that you know had the idea to start it. That's that's awesome. Like. Who, who, you know, you can't write scripts like that. That's, that's, what, that's what it's all about. It happens all the time at the women's games, honestly. Like, if you're not getting into a section and coming to these women's games and being a supporter, you're missing out. It, there's so many cool moments. And this is where, like, a lot of the younger kids are in there, um, mainly because they feel like it's their parents feel like, you know, it's a, a, a better environment to get them started in or something. I don't know. But there's a lot of young kids at these women's games that really just want to uh, be a supporter. They they ask to be on the drums and start a chant and there's like no fear and they'd love it. And, you know, we got stories about like that everywhere. I saw it in Kansas city and it, man, it makes me feel awesome that, uh, that they care uh, enough about the team and want to be a passionate supporter when they're that young. I don't know. I love it. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. The future's bright. Oh, it's, it's awesome. And, uh, there's always just so many positive vibes at the at the women's games. I freaking love them. Oh, oh my god. Um, yeah, you know what? Those positive vibes are headed your way. Uh, L.A. and uh, San Diego, or not San Diego, San Jose. Yep. Um, the, the, the the team is coming to your neck of the woods soon. California, get get ready. Uh, yeah. Labor Day weekend. You guys are on deck. We need to fill those sections up and show the team that there are. Um, you know, loud supporters. I'm not saying that these, these stadiums aren't going to be filled. They're going to be filled with, you know, people that, you know, have signs and a lot of families that are kind of unknown. I'm not saying they're not fans, but to be part of a group and community and a bigger sort of thing to lead the chance in the whole stadium uh, is something that they need. And, and uh, I think the players deserve that. And I hope more people show up to those games. Yeah, in L.A. and San Jose coming up against Chile. Yeah, for sure. Um, yep. Other games coming up for the men's team. Uh, what is going on with the men's team? Yeah, there's no coach yet. Um, players look awesome. Loving them. They're playing well, uh, in these preseason Tim Weah. Uh, someone just emailed me a great way chant. I can't, f- Oh, I forgot it. I don't want to look at the email at the moment, but, uh, all these players are looking great. Uh, we've got big games coming up, uh, you know, against Mexico, Colombia. So that just got announced, right? Uh, U.S. Uh, yeah. Columbia in Tampa. Columbia uh, in uh, Tampa um, in October. So yeah, and then we're playing all the best teams in the world, but we got we got a uh, uh, <clears throat> Mexico and Brazil in um, uh, September. Uh, October is the Columbia game in Tampa, and um, who knows about. Uh, uh, the other game that they're looking at having in uh, October. And then the two games in November, um, England and Italy. Whew, don't know where the Italy game's played yet, uh, but the U.S.-England game in England would be awesome. And you have to go to those. Again, we're talking about these away games. Go to them. They're absolutely amazing. But if you can't, you've got a plenty of games here in the States to go to, and they're absolutely incredible. 
If you can get to the U.S.-Mexico game, do it. We have some stuff planned for our tailgate in the section. It's going to be amazing. Uh, that game's fun in Nashville. I love Nashville for those games. Um, yeah. Shout out Nashville. Coming to your, we're coming to get all the hot chicken. Wait, get ready. <laughs> yeah, but then you have to stand in line for like two hours at Hattie B's. Is it worth it, Donald? Worth Is it? it? It's absolutely worth it. You know what? I will stand in line at Hattie B's, and I will have a beer while doing it. And then when I get to the front, delicious goodness that is hot chicken in my face. Yeah, I'll stand in that line. <laughs> I'll stand in line for you. I'll bring you some. You didn't last time, Donald. We had to. We were like in a hurry, so we had to go to the bar across the street and have their subpar food and their uh, warm beer. Uh, wasn't quite good. Um, I'll have to have Hattie B's. You're probably right. And it, I had Hattie B's and I, and I won that night. <laughs> <laughs> you did. That night you won. The next morning, whoo. Yeah. The next morning was interesting. Uh, but here's a question for you. Okay. You know, we, we've talked a lot about, on the men's side, we've talked a lot about the, the young guys that have been called up over the last year. Um, what veterans would you like to see on the team in September? Because it, it, I feel like this is going to be the moment where some of the youth is going to be mixed with some of these veterans to be brought together to see who or what this A team is going to be moving forward. What do you consider a veteran? Anyone who is not basically, you know, anyone who has been on the team more than 10 times. <laughs> well, there's some that have been on the 10. Cause like, if you think about it, all these guys that we've been calling up are guys who have not had caps before or have had very yeah. few caps. Or, 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 you know, with the exception of a couple, like, you know, Christian Pulisic. Um, but really it was about this last year has been about evaluating talent to see who can, you know, be a part of the core going forward. But we have that old core, the guys that, you know, we had during uh, all the way up through World Cup qualifying that have not appeared. Um, players like Michael Bradley, players like Josie Altador, Clint Dempsey, you know, uh, Jeff Cameron, John Brooks, Fabian Johnson. You know, are there guys out there that you're like, hey, I know that they're you know getting up there, but we, I think it'd be great to see them on the team. Do you have any of those guys? Yeah, yeah. Um, we had this conversation before. I, I, I mean, I don't know if you consider Bobby Wood a veteran, but he'll be. I think he deserves yeah. a spot. Uh, um, we had this conversation of Bradley and Josie uh, were going to be on the teams, and uh, especially during Gold Cup. And I think, yeah, I think. I think Bradley, you need to have someone like him who's been around a long time to be in at least in the locker room or run the sideline or be in those games that it makes sense for him to be in. I think he's great. I don't know why people hate on Bradley so much. He can really help control midfield and he can be that like sort of like uh, captain esque uh, sort of guy out there. I think I think Cameron and Fabian Johnson should be uh, uh, still considered. Uh, I don't want to be, I don't want to forget about any of those, uh, guys as well too. You know, Josie, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of forwards that we have that's, uh, would be good to have, but, um, I, I don't know. There's not too many others I hear or that I think of that, uh, I would be like, yeah, we need them back on the team. What about you? Uh, so the, you know, a couple guys, I think one, I, you know, I'd love to see John Brooks, um, oh, yeah. you, so he's a, yeah, I guess I, if you consider a veteran, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's played in a world yeah, cup. But, you know, you kinda, <laughs> it's, it's not a problem that you overlooked him because it's more the sense that, you know, he was hurt that long time yeah. and didn't factor into the last part of world cup qualifying last year. So it's been about a year and a half since he's been there, but he's also still one of our young 
defenders and, and in my opinion, our best defenders. So how do you, you know, how does he pair with Cameron Carter Vickers or Matt Miazga? I think that would be a great question to find out. Yeah. Um, you know, Deandre Yedlin obviously is going to be a guy. Yes, he veteran or not. <laughs> I, I consider him a veteran. Yeah. He plays all the time. Um, it, 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 he's one of those veterans that have kind of crossed over already. So it, it, it would be cool to have a full defensive unit going forward. But I, I really think Josie out the door is our best striker. Um, still, I, I know I, I love the, I love the young guys. I love Sergeant. I love Weed, but I think that he's still our best striker. And I think that would be an interesting play to see how he pairs. Does he pair up top with one of those young guys? Will they, you know, employ a situation where he's the lone striker with a Wea or a Sergeant on the, on the wing, um, uh, in the midfield. Do they do a four, three, three? There's a lot of, you know, questions you can, or a lot of scenarios you can play where you can get some of these young guys on the field and still play some players like Josie outdoor. So that's what I'm more interested in seeing. I don't, at the end of the day, I also don't know what, you know, Dave Sarkin going to do. Um, will he be the coach in three weeks? We, we don't know. Um, Bertie Stewart has taken the job officially now, so maybe we have a hire between now and then. Who knows? But if it's him, maybe they still continue the line of evaluating talent and and bringing in some of the young guys and seeing what they can do against top-level opponents. Uh, But I think when it comes to Brazil and Mexico, those are huge challenges, and it would be nice to have some of those those veterans uh, show these kids uh, what needs to be done to play against teams like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Josie can be one of our best strikers too, if he's playing with the right people. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. You know, the two that uh, I would like to see back that um, unfortunately probably won't is Mix Disgrude and Aaron, Aaron Johansson, the Iceman himself. Why are we not seeing them mm-hmm. ever back in the men's team? I don't get it. I don't understand. Uh, well, Aaron's been hurt. <laughs> That's know. his real issue. He, He's been called up, you know, quite a quite a bit. And every single time he gets called up, it's like a curse. He just gets hurt right then and there. So um, it's almost like he gets, like his body's like, you're getting called up, bam, like pull the <laughs> hamstring or something like that, and keeps him out. And it's, it's really unfortunate because I love seeing that kid play. Oh, I love the Ice Man. Yeah, he was awesome. I get it mixed though. Yeah, he was one of my favorite players. And whew, he went uh, nowhere quick. Yeah. Oh, his mom is awesome. Uh, we met his mom in Brazil. So nice. So is Mix. Yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. Like, I know. He's one of the nice, one of the nicer players I've ever met. Like that's that's saying something. That's really cool. Um, and he's in uh, what is he in Japan now or Korea? I think he's, it's Korea. I think it's South East Korea. Korea. Yeah, um, he is um, trying to get his career back on track. And you know. Here's the funny thing. He's technically still a Manchester City player. Is he? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, he's on loan to um, his Ulsan Hyundai. So it's a South Korean club. And uh, hopefully he can you know, start out there because the K-League is actually a pretty good league. So if he can play well there, maybe that bodes well for him going forward. Yeah, I you never so. know. I hope so. I hope so for sure. Um, anyway, so <laughs> thanks, Donald. Do you have any final thoughts on both the women's team and the men's team right now before uh, we let you go? For the for the women, keep doing what you're doing. And for the men, let's get started. 
<laughs> I like that a lot. Oh my God. That is like, uh, everything and a uh, five second clip right there. I uh, totally agree. Uh, Again, this is the American Outlaws podcast. This is uh, Donald Wine, uh, the most knowledgeable man, knowledgeable man on the planet with U.S. soccer. Don't fact check that, but I'm sure it's true. Um, and don't don't fact check. That. <laughs> he does know a lot. He knows a lot. Justin wouldn't lie to you. Oh no, never. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Justin. <laughs> and thanks for being on here. I really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's gonna do it for the episode. Um, and so glad to have Donald on talking about the women's team. He uh, watches every game, knows uh, all those players. And this tournament was fun, even if I call it a, a made-up tournament. It was really fun. Got into it. I wish more people got into it. So next time, people, get into it. Uh, these games matter. The team matters uh, and everything. So uh, until next time, hopefully get Donald back on again soon. Um, and who knows if Corey will ever be back. Uh, but until then, thanks so much. Uh, see you later. for listening to uh, the American Outlaws podcast, the one that we talk about soccer and kicking goals, you know, that one. Um, hope you enjoy it. Um, if you do, please share it. Let other members and fans know that uh, we're just fans talking about AO stuff and stuff we think about with the teams. Uh, you can always uh, find us on SoundCloud. You just search for American Outlaws podcast. And you can subscribe as well on iTunes. Um, again, search for the American Outlaws podcast. Uh, until next time, again, thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Bye.